Hello and welcome back to the Financial Success Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady, live here every Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. from our headquarters here in Brampton, Ontario. Joining me as always is my slightly inept, but very pretty to look at. <laughs> no, I'll take that. I am the better looking half Mr. Kirk of this Forsyth. relationship. <laughs> I'll Junior. have the brains. That's all right. Now, Kirk, we've done something a little different than we've <laughs> done so far on the show. We've decided to class things up a little bit. And well, I we guess have... I'm not classy enough for you. So <laughs> Says the guy that was drinking out of the plastic cup a minute ago. Anyhow. <laughs> touche, touche. Uh, I'd love to introduce our guest today. Uh, some people who, who've seen her around the office have definitely known her. Some people who've seen her on stage. She's an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, a uh, trainer, business owner, CEO, and of course, Dragon Slayer from uh, the Dragon's Den, Miss Claudia Harvey. Claudia, how are you doing today? I am awesome. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Kirk. Woo, how are you? Good. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show it's today. It's a pleasure yeah. to be here. Super excited. So, um, Claudia, uh, before we get started, I want to mention a couple of things to folks. Uh, I did mention author. Claudia is the author, uh, one of the authors of Empowering Women to Succeed, and you just brought out your second book, I understand. I did. It, it came out a couple of years ago, and it's a number one bestseller as well, and it's Success Hackers, the Code to Entrepreneurial Success. Oh, that one was a couple of years ago. Yeah, okay, it was a so you just brought out your third book then. I brought out my third book, which is an ebook, which is Five Strategies to a Successful Life. And we can find nice. that at uh, ClaudiaHarveyBook.com. That's right. And uh, it's a free ebook, right? It is a free ebook. Download it. Fantastic. Yeah, take it. It's yours. <laughs> nice. It's my gift to everybody. Nice. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's incredible. Um, as you develop um, in your personal life and in your business life, there are certain things. You know, Jim Rohn always said uh, to, to buy an empty book, buy a journal. Mm -hmm. And he'd spend sometimes $100 on the book. And people are like, why are you spending $100 on a book? Mm -hmm. and he said, well, because I want a book that I can fill with at least $100 of information. Mm -hmm. and, and as you go through your process of developing as a person, I'm sure you've acquired... Uh, more than $100 worth of knowledge. Oh, gosh, I would hope so. Absolutely. <laughs> and, <laughs> 300 years of experience, I would definitely hope so. 300 years? <laughs> <laughs> like, you look great for your yeah, age. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell people. That's what they say. My aunt always says, she uh, oh, gosh, I can't even say her age online, but uh, she always says, you know, I look fantastic for 60. I look terrible for my age. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Aunt Kath. Uh, <laughs> your nephew, yeah. Aunt Kath. <laughs> you You'd have to know her. She'd love that. Um, so Kirk usually asks the beginning questions, and I'm more of a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants yeah. kind of guy. He comes mm -hmm. prepared, although he didn't tell me she had three books out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you walked into that one all, in, all, ugh, all on your own. Excuse me. But um, I do want to kind of talk about some recent news with Diggit. Um, yeah. Launching in Australia now, I understand. Well, we are expanding our product line, and we're expanding our existing products in other regions and other countries, and getting deeper with the existing products, and launching a couple of new products in the next, um, I'd say, six to eight months. They're all in production mode and development mode. Um, I'd have to kill you if I told you more. It's all hush-hush. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, and you are one of the few people that frighten me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is extremely exciting. Extremely exciting. And should those two launch at the time that we're expecting them to launch, then yes, we'll be moving into other countries and new offices. Amazing. So right now That's you're so cool. all across Canada? 
We're all across Canada into the United States with our existing products. So we're in Home Depot Canada, Lowe's Canada. We're on online in like everywhere around the world. We're everywhere, and we're on we're in independent retailers in the United States as nice. well. So if you go on the digitapparel.com website on the where to buy section, you'll be able to see where our products are actually listed and located. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I love the story about the the wine party and and how they can you, you kind of tell our, our viewers. That a was actually bit about my that. first question. Oh, what do you know? That again. is my question because <laughs> I want to know. And I'm just going to throw this out there too as we get started. If anybody has any questions for Claudia, please just comment below, and we'll do our best to answer those questions for you. But my question was, I wanted to know the Claudia Harvey story. I'm sure our listeners want to know that. Too. Well, we don't have all that much time, but I'll, <laughs> I'll summarize okay. it. Um, the Claudia Harvey story is based on, um, I guess, my definition of success and what I wanted to do in life. So I was in a corporate environment for 25 years and working like a dog, like most of us do in a corporate environment, and dictated to by the corporate world and the powers that be. But I'd learned a lot. So I learned about marketing, financials, sales, um, operations, how a whole company basically works. But at uh, some point at my, in my life, in my career, I'd had three young kids at home and I was being stretched way too thin. So my definition of success had changed. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think a lot of my, when I counsel and, and talk to people would be entrepreneurs. It's like, what is your real definition of success? Like what, what do you want to do versus mm -hmm. what the world expects you to do? So approximately 10 years ago, I, I up and quit the corporate world. Not immediately uh, it is uh, it is but you know i had a nest egg built behind and and i wanted to see what the next chapter was not knowing that the next chapter would develop into what i'm doing today <laughs> right like you know some some things take a take a life of their own but everything i had done in the past led up to that moment and i co-founded the company dig it apparel and we started with only one product and that was, uh, sounds going to sound fufushishi to guys that are listening, <laughs> but it's a manicure protective gardening glove for ladies. Uh, Kirk yeah. understands that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I knew that was going to be coming. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom, but you, you have a lovely son. <laughs> yeah, so we developed that product over nine months and developed the company, developed the website, developed the brand strategy, developed the financials, et cetera, et cetera. And that was back in 2008, what happened in 2008. <laughs> Economic disaster. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Which actually was fine for us because we didn't start with feeling that we were gonna take over the world. We started a company and we were gonna do it in progressive steps. And if we succeeded in a financial crisis, and it was, especially in America, yeah. then we knew that we would be successful. So we started in a little tiny baby steps and just started forward. So we started this glove company. It was a glove company at the time. The company is now definitely evolving into something further and much, much bigger. Um, and that little teeny tiny product went on Dragon's Den in 2000, very, very late 2009. We got our first big box opening order in 2010, and we haven't looked back since. Wow. That's been nice. great. Yeah. That's an incredible cool story. Yeah. You know, it's something uh, pretty interesting there. And I, I, I mention it on a fairly regular basis at our financial success evenings. But uh, you mentioned that you started your company during a recession, mm -hmm. near a uh, depression. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about your mindset of starting it at that time? You know what? Again, I think it really goes back to my own personal mindset at the time and what I needed on a personal basis. And up until then... I had all these experiences, stepping stones to where I wanted to be in life, and I did not 
quit my corporate job high and dry. I really want to get that across <laughs> to people. It was a, it was at least an 18 month progression to be able to do that. And um, speaking with my family members and et cetera, not just leaving it with, you know, I have enough for rent for next month. That wasn't, yeah. that wasn't it. It was planning. It was strategic planning. And at the time, the recession was just starting. The United States got hit a lot harder than Canada. And that, I think, saved our company because Canadians weren't as financially impacted mm -hmm. in the recession as the United States. When we started the company, we wanted to be in the United States within five years, but we did not because the recession was still eking out of the United States. So we've only really gone into the United States in a really, really big way in the last uh, year to get into the United States. And we found that was a very good strategy to be able to do that. So again, you don't do really big events and really big things without a lot of strategic thinking and planning. And you just, and sometimes you then just do it, right? You well, just that's, do it. That's, yeah. that's the difference right there is, mm -hmm. is you know, the, <coughs> there's, there's kind of two extremes to it. Um, at the end, you're either um, too stubborn to quit doing it or you, you have to figure out where the, the perseverance yes. is to push through those things. In the yes. beginning, you got to figure out, you know, am I doing this at the right time? Am I, you know, yeah. it, should I take action? Right. The decision doesn't necessarily mean that you accomplish something, right? Right. And often I tell people when you have an idea, you don't need to act on that idea to change your life dramatically. You can do one step forward to that idea every single solitary day. One yeah, small man, thing, yeah. and then three, <laughs> then 365 things will have happened during the course of that year. Yeah. And then you never know when the doors will open and yeah. what opportunity will start. So it's not like you, you just start. You just start. Just period, As start Maggie period. Says, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Jack. <laughs> Stop it. If you're going to add, add. Don't take away. <laughs> um, you know, it, that's actually uh, an interesting point, though, that the, the getting started and focusing on one thing at a time. I've been listening to Tony Robbins in the car on the way to work uh, most recently. He talks about when you start out to build a wall. You're not setting out to build a wall. You're setting out to lay one brick at yep. a time one foundation to the time. best of your abilities right. and then move on to the next one. And right. eventually... You got the right. wall. Right, and you create a really, really strong foundation before you start building on top of that wall. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you, you skipped over my favorite part of that whole story. Oh, all right. And that's that? where you surprised everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a wine story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is actually, story. yeah. This, this is, is really, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so when I left my corporate world, I was actually very, qui I quietly left it. And the reason being I was, I had my young kids and I looked to the outside world that I was a stay-at-home mom. I, you know, had the Lululemons, but I couldn't afford Lululemons, so I had the Adidas. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I couldn't afford Adidas, so I had a giant tiger. <laughs> there you go. But I would drop the kids off, and I would uh, pick them up at lunch, and then I would drop them back off again. But in between those gaps, I would be starting Dig It. But I did not label myself as an entrepreneur. I did not label oh. myself as a small business owner. I thought I still labeled myself as a corporate person, and I did not tell anybody that, really anybody, except mm -hmm. for my very, very close friends and family, that I was doing Dig It. And anybody that I told was like, oh, you're doing what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I really did keep it quiet. And when my business partner at the time and I went on Dragon's Den, we couldn't tell anyone. We could only tell people when we were airing on Dragon's Den, which was nine months later. Is that like the, oh, the that contract? The hardest yes. nine months yeah. ever. Yes. That's so amazing. So we knew that we had struck a deal. We had signed the deal with Kevin O'Leary. And when we were airing, which was a week after we'd signed the deal with Kevin O'Leary, it took that many months to put due diligence and going back and forth with lawyers, et cetera. Still hadn't told anybody because you can't really say anything because of the contract. 
Um, we had progressed in the company by then, but we were still a, in the infancy of our company. So I invited people over the night that we were airing and I invited people over to my house and I said to my friends, I'm having a party Wednesday or Thursday night, which was the night that Dragons aired at the time, and I said, would you like to come over? And uh, my friends like to drink and have a good time. <laughs> well, any excuse is fine. So I, they said, sure, we'll come over. And I said, oh, by the way, we're watching Dragon's Den, which was the number one show at the time in Canada. And uh, they said, well, Claudia, well, why are we watching Dragon's Den? And I said, well, because I'm actually on Dragon's Den. <laughs> yeah. And they just kind of looked at me like I was smoking dope between pick up and drop off with the kids. Like, what are you on, Claudia, to think that you're on Dragon's Den? Okay. <laughs> sure you are. So we aired on Dragon's Den and announced to the world that Digit was a viable company and we had had secured sales and we had partnered with Kevin O'Leary and it was a, it was a, it was a, a great stepping stone to the next advancement of Digit. And some some of my friends, well, why didn't you tell me? I said, well, because it's personal. It's 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 you just sort of never knew when the direction, which direction yeah. it was going to take. And I still labeled myself as a corporate person because I had came from a very senior executive position in, in the corporate world. And you don't want to fail in front of tons of people. Hmm. Now, my definition of failure is no longer the same. That's 10 years ago, <laughs> right? Completely different definition. More and stuff I, to go in the book. Yes, yeah. yes definitely <laughs> different in mindset. Um, so when we aired on Dragon's Den, then I could really truly label myself as an entrepreneur and a business owner, and it shifted everything in my life. And I really fell, fell into that role and two feet on the ground and knowing this is what I'm going to do and, and persevere through it. Something awesome. you said interesting about, sorry, I don't mean to step on you. That's there, okay, because <laughs> I think another question you're going to ask. Actually, so. I doubt that. So uh. <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Ask it. Do it. So you... <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, like. I can tell you That's guys okay. don't like each other. I can tell. <laughs> um, you, you you mentioned something there about your corporate career. The fact that you had learned all the ins and outs, the inner workings of the business, and and having read Kevin O'Leary's book, mm -hmm. uh, Cold Hard Truth, mm -hmm. he mentions that that every time you have a job, make sure you're learning towards the next step in your evolution. Right. right. Was that something you actually had planned, or was that mm. something that uh, it just happened? No, I, I, I think a little bit of both. I started the corporate life and corporate world literally as a secretary on Bay Street. So I graduated University of Guelph in child studies. I can't see you as a secretary. I was a, I was a personal <laughs> assistant yeah, to somebody. Either. Wow. Yes, to an international person. Well, and a start to everybody, it, huh? there, You know, I cool. just wanted to be on Bay Street. I wanted to surround myself with the people that were the movers and shakers of Canada. So for two years, I was his personal assistant to um, a consultant on Bay Street. And I knew, of course, I did not want to do that role. Yeah. Very good at that role because I'm a definitely a, a linear thinker and I can, I can do multiple tasks. So of course he liked me in that role. But within two years, I had an opportunity of moving into junior sales uh, for an entrepreneurial company. So every single stepping stone that I took in my career allowed me to do an advancement in my career, but also a new role. Mm. So I learned a lot of different facets of the business doing that. Some of the decisions to move to a job was because of, again, lifestyle choices. After mm -hmm. my second child, I decided to leave sales and go into operations. Different compensation package, different lifestyle, not on the road, mm -hmm. you know, 30, 30 out of 60 days. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a conscious decision to just sort of 
calm down life instead of being on the road so much because of my family. It was still too much, though. My corporate, my corporate demands were still too much by the time I had my third child. So, uh, but by that time, I had learned all of those different aspects of how to run a business and right. why operations is so important to the sales yeah. and how operations how sales has to drive operations and then marketing gets fitted in there <laughs> in between. <laughs> so, and all of that ties back to the financials. So it's, um, it was a full circle by that time. Yeah, very, very cool. Good. Mm -hmm. What would you say the biggest lesson you've learned in your journey? The would biggest be, yeah. lesson is to continue trying, just to don't really stop being tenacious and being focused and being optimistic. I, that's actually four things now. <laughs> one thing. um, but the I probably the number number one thing is network. Network. The network that you surround yourself with, the people that you surround yourself with, have to be positive, um, optimistic, happy, supporting you in your roles and not bringing you down, because hmm. I'm, there's so many people in this world that tend to the negative, and I do not, do not let people that tend to the negative in my life. They are gone. I have cut them out, they are toxic, and I do not allow them in my life. Sometimes they're family members, so you minimize the ability mm -hmm. of them to influence you. And how to do that is you just, you just don't take what they say in too seriously and stay on the path that you want to be on. But the networking, certainly in business and friendship, is incredibly important. Well, it's, yeah, it's super important to get around the right people. One of my mentors always told me that uh, if you, you value someone's opinion, you buy their lifestyle. Right. So I have two real measures for myself if, if somebody offers their opinion, because everybody's got sure, one. Sure, yeah. Um, one is, have they done it? Right. And two is, do they have what I want? And right. if they don't have both of those things, or at least one of them, right. it, it, the, the opinion, unfortunately, doesn't have value in that situation. Right. You know, I, d I don't want to ask a, a doctor how to fix my car. Right. The doctor's got great opinions. I'm, I'm, I, if you've got to fix my heart or my head, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. it's amazing how people who have no previous experience still feel like telling you not to do something just because right. they're afraid of it. Right. That's right. pretty cool. And then, and then some people just say, well, why, why on earth would you do that? And that is like, because I want to. Uh, hello. <laughs> so they, don't they, doubt me. Yeah, yeah. They inflict their fears and their doubt onto you. And if you allow that projection to happen and internalize it, then you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to do anything. Which is one of the reasons. Going back to the beginning, is one of the reasons I minimized the noise when I was starting Digit Apparel. It's because I didn't want that negative influence in my life when I was still testing the waters to see how I was going to do. So that would lead to my next question. Mm -hmm. um, when do you share your idea? So many people that get started out are yeah. afraid to tell people about what they're doing or, or this idea that they've had because sure. fear of uh, somebody stealing it, fear of people's ridicule, whatever. Sure. Um, when do you think is the best time to start telling people about what it you want to do? It really does completely depend on the situation, the person, and their environment, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, I believe in the three pillars of possibilities, what I, I talk about mm -hmm. a lot. And those three pillars are the foundation of who you are and how you're gonna advance your idea forward. And that's knowledge, emotional support, and financial support. And those three things are, are each silos to creating the foundation of a person and an idea. The person is the foundation of an idea. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is built upon that type of foundation. And if one of those silos, one of those legs is not strong, it's gonna topple over. So. In, innately, I think when we were starting out with Digit Apparel, I was, I didn't know those three pillars. I've now identified that, that what, that's what it is. Um, 
as I've developed the strength of each of those three pillars, I've identified what those are. So I'm in the blessed ability to be able to talk to people about that with the experience that I've built. Mm -hmm. And so if those three pillars are strong in your life, great, talk. If you've got emotional support around you, super. The emotional support is positive. If you've got the financial stability to launch an idea, and my God, you need money to launch an idea. Oh my goodness. Money isn't everything, but it certainly helps me sleep at night. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> if you think you don't, if you think you need 5,000, multiply it by five, like literally. Um, so those are the types of things I help people with and talk about. And um, so it's emotional, and then that really develops into the knowledge. And if you feel that you are secure in your knowledge, that people won't influence you negatively, great, talk. If not, just quietly build your network, quietly build your idea, and only start talking to people that can help you in a positive way. Was there ever a time you wanted to quit? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds like I had oh. Yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, I think I'm very tenacious and focused. There wasn't a time when we were heading into our very first big box, and we had to buy the way that Operationally, when you have a product-based company, you have to buy the product up front from the manufacturer. All the money is gone. It's shipped often overseas, and you open it domestically and open the boxes to find your product sucks. <sighs> the manufacturing of it was horrific. And the price point of offering it would have been impossible. So we had 20,000 units brought in, which is gloves. So we had to match the right hand. So you had 40,000 gloves. Yeah. So we had, yeah. So we had to match the right hand to the left oh hand, gosh. take everything oh apart. <laughs> and we literally lost in our entire profit because the labor I had to bring in, we had to re-tag everything. Oh, oh. Uh, and we lost a significant amount of material, a product. So that year we made absolutely no money. And in fact, I think we lost money that year. So, but we met our order we continued the brand, but I think a lot of people would have stopped at that point. We were in the mid-February in mid-Canada <laughs> in freezing cold weather in a warehouse that was not heated, <laughs> taking apart these items. So and you needed gloves to sort the gloves. But again, the team that I had that was with me, um, my logistics guy, we had outsourced to a warehouse by that time. I was no longer doing it anything in my garage, yay, which is where <laughs> I started. So we had actually outsourced to a warehouse and the, the person that was running the warehouse brought in people and we basically made it a party every day, sort of, to try and make- So there was liquor? There wasn't, no. <laughs> Otherwise- That was kind of what we all go to. No. <laughs> Otherwise, all of those clothes would have been just fine. <laughs> and they were not. But we all met the, we met the order and we fulfilled it and we got it out the door. And it, uh, again, one little stepping stone to the next evolution of the company. But I think a lot of people would have stopped. They would, they lo we lost $30,000 in oh. just in that transaction. I know that feeling. And that's $30,000 of money that we really could not afford. Um, we were bootstrapping the company at the time, so we couldn't afford it. So, but we did, you know, it's just life goes on, we move on. Well, so. that's, that, that really, I think, is a, a huge lesson that no matter what happens, there's a way around it. You're always going to get an outcome, whether it's a good or a bad outcome, depending on the choices you make at that, that mm -hmm. critical time, depends on the outcome you get, right? right? But good for you for pushing through that. That's, that's tough.
Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was actually having pictures of the old I Love Lucy. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Assembly line. Yeah. 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 The chocolate. We didn't have any chocolate either. Yeah. Wow, that is not a good party. <laughs> no, it was, and it was mid-February cold. It was very, very cold. And as uh, you guys know, I do not like the cold oh, at all. I absolutely hate it, and I'm a February baby. Ah. <laughs> so. But you did mention something, um, three pillars. As you describe these three pillars of possibility, what are they? They're the financial support that you have uh, surrounding yourself with, okay. the emotional support of people that are around you, and then the knowledge that you actually create based on the life experience that you develop, and the good things and the bad things. Do I consider that warehouse experience a bad thing? No, absolutely mm -hmm. not. Because it, took, it made us take control of our manufacturing process, and we sourced differently, and that will never happen again. I will never put all my eggs in one basket like I did then. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. a learning experience. It was a tough, cold learning experience, <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was knowledge. It was based on knowledge. And then you can decide what you do based on the knowledge that you obtain. You know, I'm a, a huge proponent of, of practical knowledge, mm -hmm. and and you said losing thirty dollars, but I would consider 30, that an investment. Thirty thousand, my dear. Thirty thousand. <laughs> thirty bucks is not a big deal. <laughs> See how I think about it now? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, you said thirty thousand dollars, but I mean, what would a university education cost? Well, nowadays. that's true. Yeah, that's true. I have three kids heading to university and one in university, so I do know this. So you could use that thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> just got out of college and still paying off college, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might want to go back for a bit. Just <laughs> well, thank you for having me on the show, Claudia. I appreciate it. You're in great hands with Jeff. <laughs> you just walk into those doors. I know. Walk Every right time. in. <laughs> Every uh, single time. Oh, my goodness. Do you have another question, Kurt? I've got a lot of questions. Do you have a question I'm that we're not going to repeat because she already covered the three pillars? No. <laughs> Briefly, but I still want to know a little bit more about them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just give up today. You know what? You <laughs> never give up, We're just talking about that. That's what happens when I get up early. <laughs> so, is there a tip trick that you do every single day that keeps you motivated and pushing towards your goal? Um, I can answer that in two ways. Answer it in two ways. Emotional and then physical. Physical, I am active every single solitary day. Physically active every day. It clears my head, and I've learned that right from when I was oh, a, nice. a small child. Yeah, just to be active, and I, I get my epiphanies my brainstorming, my mojo from when I'm active. So that's at least 45 minutes a day of hard cardio, doing something enjoyable. Um, what do you do? What yeah. do <laughs> I look glint in his eye. <laughs> I do, I run, I bike, I do anything outside. Um, I used to be a competitive swimmer, I was a national swimmer at one point, so I love, love, love the water. Kickboxer too, aren't I you? I box, I don't kickbox, oh, but box. I do box, I do okay. box. We can relate yep. on that. So that is one <laughs> hard workout, oh my gosh. No, I don't I go know. in the ring, however. Jeff, you go in the ring, I do not get, <laughs> I do not get the face hits. No, thank you, I do not do that. <laughs> can't mess no. up the money maker. <laughs> no, do that. Fortunately for me, I can't really mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boxing's uh, wonderful, it's very cathartic and it's wonderful. It's just great. There's nothing like um, punching somebody in the face to get your stress out. Well, I punch a bag again, not another person. So it's it's, it's quite personal. Um, He's been trying to convince me to get in the ring with him, but I will not. I really based on based on this you. dynamic, I would agree. Don't do that. Yeah, it's all your choice. Don't oh. do that. Um, so yeah, physically, I'm I'm very physically active. Um, somehow, some some time of the day, even just going for a walk at the end of the day. After dinner, doing something. Um, and then on the personal emotional side, I truly live in gratitude. I have a wonderful Cheerful. family. Mm -hmm. 
I have huge. wonderful friends. I have a wonderful business. I have amazing people that surround me. And I've worked very, very hard to do that with a lot of trials and tribulations. But I am thankful every day for the people that I'm with. And hopefully I impact them as positively as they impact me. And I live in gratitude every day. That's huge. That's mm -hmm. the first thing I do every morning. I wake mm -hmm. up and, and I, I, I say thank you, God, whether it's the universe or anything. But um, gratitude is the antidote to fear. It is. It is. And you know that if you come and have a bad day, and sometimes people will have, quote-unquote, a bad day, things just sometimes just quickly go wrong. It's just don't know why. Mm -hmm. ah, it's just one day. It is okay. It, look at the big picture. Look at, the, look at your life. Look in general. And think, you know, it's just a day. Tomorrow the sun is going to rise. It's going to be a different day. So yeah. it's, it's okay. Everybody has different things in their life that are different challenges, right? My challenges are different than your challenges, different than Kirk's challenges, yeah. um, different than every listener's challenge. But that doesn't mean that you can't overcome your challenge in a little teeny tiny bite-sized steps and yep. just be grateful of where you've come. And those little 365 steps that you can make throughout that year, moving towards an idea that you want, be grateful that you've had the year to do that. Right? Be happy that you wake up every morning because, as you say, Jeff, the alternative sucks. <laughs> <laughs> every day above ground is a great day. So yeah. I, I'm yes. going to spin this just a little bit different because um, we had the great privilege to be uh, at your 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, that was so much fun. Uh, so much fun. Beautiful, oh. beautiful night. I uh, had a Thank great you. time with yeah. everybody. The dancing, the, the band great. was the amazing. The dancing was, that of was course, so much fun. Bart, I always love hanging out with you. That's my lovely husband, everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, I want to ask you, because being a, a, a business person, um, having a family at the same time, especially, you know, I know traditional roles have kind of gone by the wayside, but mom is always the, the annealing cement to a family. Mm -hmm. How have you balanced both, or have you balanced Wow, are you both? reading the questions off my sheet, Jeff? <laughs> so there goes this one. <laughs> there goes that one. Jeez. You prepared, and I'm just going off. I know, right? You know what, Kirk, just go for coffee. Just stop <laughs> you. I, I really should. You guys watching? Go get me a coffee. <laughs> Go to you a coffee. I'll get you a coffee, all right. Sorry, Claudia. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> I don't know. Let's just I know. <laughs> no, I, it, How do you balance? Yeah. How, how did I find balance? Uh, my my corporate career started with my husband's career as well. He's in the medical uh, field. He's not in business at all. We have absolutely nothing in common in terms of business. Um, so he's in the medical field and, and he's a physician and he's got five degrees and he's incredibly smart. Um, and I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. However, he is a very traditional person. Mm -hmm. When I was in my corporate life prior to children, fine, no problem. You know, you do your thing, you, you, you find each other in the end of the evening or the weekend and you just, you know, keep moving on. As we started having kids, I did find that the pull between my home life and my corporate life was too difficult. Now. Something could have broken. I could have had my broken marriage. I could have said, you know, I will still continue my career the way I want to do my career, but my marriage would have suffered and my family would have suffered. I definitely would not have had three kids had I chosen to do that. So I adapted what I needed to adapt to change my lifestyle, and I changed my corporate life to go from sales to operations and then eventually becoming an entrepreneur. Having said that, people, hopefully women are not hearing this and going, oh, God, she succumbed, she man-dominated world. No, I did not. <laughs> because, again, if anybody knows me, I am, I am definitely not. I'm an activist for women, and I empower women. 
However, everything is a choice in life. Absolutely. What it was important to me was my family. That was extremely important. That was the that was the foundation of what I wanted That's in my cool life. Value. So how do I make that work? I couldn't make it work with a strong, strong career that I had. Other people can. I didn't want nannies raising my three kids. I, that's my choice. Yeah. But while I started Diggit, my husband continued to have his strong career, and he supported us. So I didn't make money for the longest time. There, I made no income for the longest time. So we were living on one income, and we drove a minivan. I did not drive my beautiful Beamer that I have now. I drove a minivan <laughs> for like six years. Let's not let's not get upset with yeah. the minivan. You drove the soccer mom van. Uh, you can now you, go for coffee. We're talking to Claudia. <laughs> you can okay, not go you. For coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought some ammo. I can use the I'm going to use it. <laughs> I'm proud of my van. I like my van. They're fun. Mm, no, they're really not, but no, that's but okay. Like, you can they're camp practical. In them and stuff. They're practical and they're, and they're affordable. So it's it's making choices and making decisions based on the what you want in the big picture, not just I want to have a Lamborghini by the time I'm 35. Mm -hmm. To do that. Sure, I would not have had three kids. I still don't think I would have wanted a Lamborghini, to be honest, but it's choices in life. Mm -hmm. So my, the way I balance is I live in three, in, a, in three words, which is strength, balance, and harmony. And if things are not harmonious in my life, I do not have strength and I do not have balance. I can only be balanced if I have strength and harmony. So it's, a, it's, it's this triangle of support again. Um, so that's, that's my choice on how I balance life. Now, as my kids have gotten older, my kids are now 15, 17, and 21. So it's a whole different stage of life. I am dedicated 100% again to my career, and then some, but they're older. Mm -hmm. So, and the change and the shift of what a young family needs to what an older family needs is completely different. Yeah. Still have to be present in their life, but they don't need you at 6 a.m. in the morning to make them breakfast. And probably don't want to hang around with you a whole lot either anymore. Well, they don't think I'm cool, I think. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure they're they friends, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to be the cool mom, or at least I pretend to be. Maybe my kids are just yeah, allowing cool. that. <laughs> I love my kids' friends, so I encourage them all to come over. And you hear that, everybody? They, all my kids' friends. They have a nickname for you, right? Claudie B. I'm Claudie B. Claudie B. Claudie B. <laughs> Yeah, we dance. Funny. We dance all the time at home. We That's have music awesome. all the time. We're dancing all the time. So all my daughter nicknamed Cla nicknamed me Claudia B. Claudia B. So <laughs> <laughs> we talk. About, you know, I, I like to ask questions that most people aren't going to ask. We can talk about Kevin O'Leary. We can talk yeah. about dragons and all that stuff. What do you do to relax and get away from it all and shut it off? Or do you ever shut it oh, all off? Oh goodness, yes, I do. I work out a lot. I don't, it, when I work out, I don't answer my phone. My music is on my phone, but I don't answer my phone. And I, if I'm running, I run in different directions and nobody can find me, right? <laughs> so they don't know the route I'm taking. I'm running, somebody's chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. So that 45 minutes or an hour, I, it's to myself and it's in my own head. And that's my shut off. It really is my shut off bell. And in addition to that, I do shut off for a 24 hour period almost every week. So nice. I shut the phone off at midnight to midnight, on like a Friday night to a Saturday night, midnight to midnight, and I do not talk to people about business and about work. If my friends talk to me about work, I shut it down, I don't talk about that conversation, and 
often I turn off my phone for that period of time as well. And people can get a hold of me through a different number, a personal number one of my kids or my husband has. Which, what, what number is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not having. Shut <laughs> off, remember? <laughs> kind of like you have, you're, you're not Jewish, but you celebrate Shabbos, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a very strong believer in reju rejuvenating and recuperating and, um, and having time to yourself. Well, I think we've been sold a, a bad bill of goods on the last 10 years or so where the Gainer, Gary Vaynerchuk culture of hustle all the time and never yeah. rest and all of that. I, Burns I out. It's, it's crap. Yeah. Um, you know, it, not, to, not to diminish anything that Gary Vaynerchuk's done. I mean, the guy's accomplished a, a, a huge amount in a short period of time. But for the average person, that's not a, it's not doable. You burn out, you die, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not, it, to me, it's not sustainable. I, mm. I need to rejuvenate. When I started, I, I went to a coach uh, about a year and a half ago. I went to a, an organization called Strategic Coach. It's based here in Toronto. They had oh, office uh, in Toronto. Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan's yeah, organization, yeah. yeah. And it's for high-end entrepreneurs with high-end um, demands. Yep. And... That I learned the 24-hour approach with hi him, with that, with that um, concept. It, it solidified my understanding. I already innately, again, shut myself off, but he made it more, he suggested it become a routine in your life. Mm -hmm. So it was a 24-hour period shut off during the week. And I truly believe in vacation, really vacation, not and shutting off during vacation for a seven-day period, shutting off. So, vacation. Yeah, <laughs> so work can't get to you. Um, but when he first talked about this concept, in the class that I was in, uh, I realized, I was thinking back, I realized that I had not shut off for 19 years. Wow. 19 years. Almost as long as I've been alive. <laughs> Thanks about that. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we didn't insult the guest, yeah. Good job. Good job. Just say. Love that coffee. Yeah, that coffee. Yeah. Yeah, cream and sugar there, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you're sweet enough. Wow. That's how wow. you, that's who you. <laughs> no. Never mind. No. Do you have any more questions, Kirk? <laughs> Since you're out of control, I think so. <laughs> um, we, Jeff already touched on Australia, and that's becoming an upcoming thing. <laughs> Is there anything else in the Cla Claudia Harvey world that's in the pipelines? Uh, you know what? I'm concentrating more and more and, and going out there into the world and speaking more and more and empowering other people with the stories that I have and helping them grow their own independent wealth and empowerment talking about the pillars of possibility and talking about not just the dig it story because the dig it story is the foundation for the entrepreneurial journey but that's not the journey i'm on the journey i'm on is absolutely to grow dig it with the team that i now have and the team is getting larger but it's where i want to be personally mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that is building financial wealth that's independent of dig it the dig it world and it's how to do that and uh and, and enabling others to basically follow my lead and and do what I've done and talk about that and talk about these little baby steps moving forward and talk about all the things that we talked about, but what to what goal, to what end? And that goes back to what your definition of success is. My definition of success has changed over the course of my career and life. Uh, beginning a career, I wanted to make money, 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 mm -hmm. right? And I could. Then I had a family, definition changed to be strength, balance, and harmony. And now I am back to making money with strength, balance, and harmony in all kinds of other ways, which includes financial investment and owning different companies, mm -hmm. um, so different residual wealth. 
So talking about that. So that's how I'm, I'm Ooh, building life. I, I love that word residual. I like it. <laughs> make, make money for you when you're sleeping. I like it. Yeah, I love when your money can make money. That's, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's kind of part of one of the things we teach here is to go from like, you don't know what you don't know all the way to your money's making money for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work all the mm-hmm. time anymore. Yeah, and how to do that is surrounding yourself with people that know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Huge. So five years ago, walked into a person's room Taught, ah, I thought I knew everything about tax savings at the time because came back from you know my Citibank days and my corporate days and arrogant I thought I knew that and <laughs> walked into this room and went oh goodness I need to learn from this gentleman and got into his world and he has helped me tremendously so now we are helping others and that would be that. I'm guessing Craig Dunkerley that would be my <laughs> business partner Craig Dunkerley yes Craig is uh, an amazing individual I love the way he thinks and and exactly what you said being around somebody like that is. It's invaluable. You, there's not enough positive people in the world, but that more than that, there's not enough positive people who have a great knowledge base. Right. right. And being around, Jim Rohn always said that imagine what you can get around when, uh, imagine what you can do when you get around the right people. You know, how many books will I have to read? Well, as many as it takes. How long is it going to take? As long as it takes, but we'll get it done. Right. You know, I, I love love Craig for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not talking about Craig. I think he was here last he week, was. right? He was. He was in last week, oh. yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> well, not in. He was on the show. Um, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I see myself doing what I'm doing in a bigger, bigger, bigger way. So having more businesses, having more teams of people, um, helping people uh, financially with their own building wealth, supporting them emotionally with the programs that I can do and just speaking to different people. Uh, doing it in a beautiful environment, not necessarily in Ontario in the winter. Not Brampton? Not Brampton. <laughs> no. Careful, Jeff. Uh, but I and, love and, Brampton. And another huge <laughs> thing that I'm moving towards, huge personally, is moving towards is, is um, supporting other organizations in foundational work. Nice. So I'm going over actually to Cambodia in October and helping an organization oh, that cool. I do an advisory council for, and that organization is called SONAS. So I'm going into the village where the women are working, and I'm helping to talk about their organization and, and through when I speak and, and figure out ways that I can help them further. Because those women, all they do is weave to bring money in so they can educate their kids. The kids go to school, they then learn, and this wonderful positive energy is propagated through their environment. Um, and it, yeah. So foundational work is what I want to do within 10 years and spread the wealth and spread the knowledge and, That's and impact cool. our, lives. Our marketing manager and, and technical yeah. guru, Sophie, is from Cambodia. So he is, and in fact, he is my inspiration of why I wanted to go to Cambodia. Really? He is the most loveliest man, and his wife is lovely. And ironically, when I fell into the opportunity of Sonus and they were based in Cambodia, the people are absolutely lovely, just like Sophie. So I'm like, That's this awesome. is a lovely, lovely environment to help people. They're gentle, kind people that need help. And the women there need help. So why can't I help them? I'd like to. And then another organization I help is Global Teen Wealth. And Teen Wealth is based on uh, providing teenagers from 17 to 21, basically, other avenues than just going into a job. So using Amen. entrepreneurial skills. <laughs> <laughs> so Brandy England, who's the founder of that organization, I sit on her board, and I'm helping her with, uh, again, spreading that organization's word and supporting those kids in that way. And those are the two things that I care about. It's like the kids, 
that's my kids, right? F family is important, and women are really, really important in the foundation. That's just my world. That's where I come from. So, so you see yourself yeah. slowing down the next time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it doesn't sound like it, eh? <laughs> we all just do it from a very warm environment, that's all. So is there such a thing as retirement for Claudia Harvey? Retirement is, yeah, not a word for me. I, I, st I love what I do. So no, I, I, you know, again, I'd like to do it not from Ontario. I'd like to do it somewhere else, but and travel and experience life and experience the world while I can and enjoy and spread the world. So as no, retirement is not a word. As your good friend Jen uh, Goodman says, beach money. Beach money. <laughs> beach money. Really, how much money do you need if you just have a surfboard, a bikini, and that's it? That's all you need. Well, I look terrible in a bikini, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my goodness>. well, <laughs> that's a great way to end the show. No, but before we let you go, Cla Claudia, I wanna I wanna play a little bit of a game. We gotta spice things up a little bit. Uh oh. Uh oh. I uh -oh. wanna hear two truths and a lie, and see if me and Jeff can guess it. Mm. Oh my god, you didn't prepare me for that's this. Weird. No, I did not. <laughs> It's because it's usually a drinking game for him. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Two truths and a lie. Two truths. Oh my goodness! I don't know why. Um, boxers or briefs? I don't know. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. All right. Boxers. Boxers. <laughs> um, okay. Jeff, stop. <laughs> um, I made my first million by the time I was thirty. I have traveled to 25 countries. Um, I enjoy backgammon. I'm gonna go with the million. I think that's what I was gonna go with too. With truth or a lie? Lie. But it's a lie. It is a lie. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I actually play backgammon too, haven't done yeah, it a long I like time. <laughs> I saw I actually saw in her eyes like backgammon hundred <laughs> percent. She's a shark. I am, because I like to bet. That's right, I like to bet. I could see you sitting around a table with a whole bunch of old guys yelling at them, throwing money on the table. <laughs> One of those visors that the poker players wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, well, I was gonna say strip backgammon, but that's a whole different. Whoa! Thing. That's, a whole different <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. I'm out. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh my goodness, this has been fun. Uh, on that note, <laughs> fun. On that note, I think we should close things up before it goes any further. Claudia, any closing comments? No, I just thank you for the opportunity of being here and hopefully influencing some lives. And uh, everyone, my gift to you is to go to ClaudiaHarveyBook.com, yes. download your five strategies to lead an unstoppable life. Hopefully it affects people, helps people, inspires people, and connect with me. I'm very, very, very happy to assist you in any way I can. Yeah, you can also uh, uh, email Kirk at K-R... K-I-R-K at blackthorn-group.com and he can hook you up with a uh, paid version of the Empowering Women to Succeed. I can. Should you so need it, i got to stop giving out my email address because it's getting a little scary. That's okay. Just <laughs> give out your phone number instead. Yeah, I'll give out yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining yes. us today, Claudia. My it's pleasure. been an absolute pleasure and it's nice to class up the room finally. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, as always, you can go to uh, paylesstaxbook.com, get a free copy of Craig Dunkerley's uh, free book, uh, which is probably on the bottom of the screen if Fabian's doing yep. his job, which is nice. And, uh, Kirk, any closing comments? 
just thanks a lot, Claudia, for coming out and My pleasure, sharing guys. your story. My pleasure. Yeah, again, thank you, Claudia Harvey. The uh, the address is ClaudiaHarveyBook.com or ClaudiaHarvey.com. Yep. Should yep. you can, choose, yep. you can see some of the uh, places she's been, the media appearances. Uh, you're definitely out there quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and check out any upcoming or past speaking gigs that uh, you'll be doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Jeff Eady, for Blackthorn Group here in Brampton, Ontario. Uh, join us next Thursday for uh, at 3 p.m., as yep. always. For uh, my good friend and sparring partner, Chris Cook, is going to be coming in. He's a venture capitalist and business expert. And I do believe he's joining us live in the studio. I can't wait to yes, uh, to have him here. Yeah. And uh, it'll be good. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a sparring match, but I'd prefer <laughs> to hit you sooner. Uh, well, that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> so, again, thank you to our guest, Claudia Harvey, the lovely, the talented, the um, infallible lady that you are. And I'm proud to call you a, a friend and a colleague. And, uh, Kirk, I'm just... You're Kirk. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah.